Once again, good morning, Brewsters. I'm Mix Bustos, and this is Brewed Awakening. Next on Brood Awakening, from youth leader to good governance advocate to techpreneur. Talk about shifting careers and managing changes to one's business with Ticket to Me founder and CEO Darwin Mariano. Start your work week right here on Brood Awakening, powered by Kickstart Coffee. So, take it easy with Ticket to Me. And uh, the founder of Ticket to Me, Darwin Morgana, will join us here on the show. It is another Monday. It is another Monday of Good Awakening for more good vibes, for more positivity, and of course, for more inspiration uh, to help us in moving forward. Guys, once again, this is Mix Bustos. It has been an eventful, I think that is an understatement, an eventful 2020. And as we are here in the Burr months. It is already nearing Christmas. And as we approach 2021, you know, we really need that positive energy, that inspiration to be able to move forward with our goals, especially for the new year. And for today, we are going to talk uh, to talk uh, about entrepreneurship and startups. And just like last week, we talked about tech. Somehow this week, we're also going to talk about the same because not all tech techpreneurs started out as computer wizards. Some took unconventional paths, like our guest for this episode, who started out as a lawyer. Became uh, He became a lawyer and then an advocate for good governance before becoming the founder of the Philippines' fastest-growing online and offline ticketing and video platform. He also pursued master's in communications in the University of Edinburgh in Scotland and also pursued law, as I mentioned earlier. He is uh, a lawyer by nature. Uh, here in the Philippines, here, here to help us kickstart our day and kickstart our week is Ticket to Me's founder, Darwin Mariano. Hello, Darwin. Good morning. Welcome to Brute Awakening. Good morning. Good morning, Migs. Uh, good morning to all of the people watching us online. Uh, thank you to Kickstart Coffee, Brute Awakening, for having me on your show. All right. So, good morning. Cheers to you. Virtual cheers. Yes. All yes. Right. Virtual cheers. <laughs> Virtual cheers. <laughs> Virtual I'm set up I started brewing it already. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the ones who are uh, curious, Darwin, uh, of course, online efforts have been really have spiked up during this pandemic. And you're wearing a shirt. Take it to me. Can you tell us briefly on what it is, on what it has done uh, during the past years? Okay. So... Ticket to Me is an online started out as an online ticketing platform, mainly a lot like many of the legacy ticketing systems that allow people to buy tickets to their favorite shows, concerts, um, conferences, workshops, seminars. Um, but when the pandemic hit, of course, um, <laughs> um, all of the shows, all of the entertainment industry, I mean, much of the live entertainment industry shut down and therefore we pivoted quickly so that we could use the same ticketing technology for online content and for online events. So that has meant using our proprietary Filipino-owned, Filipino-developed uh, ticketing tech for um, 
digital series, for films, for online performances, comedy performances, workshops by improv theater groups. Um, it's also been used for fundraising campaigns. So we've used it to raise money for charity, for many of the frontliners, for victims of the typhoon. But also, um, interestingly, because the tech is owned by us and it's so robust, we've been able to use it for um, patient scheduling and doctor appointments to help those doctors and patients who are unable to physically see each other during the, the pandemic and during the lockdowns. So that's what Darwin, to me basically is. Yeah, Darwin, you mentioned that you started this in 2017. Basically, what gap did you see when you were conceptualizing this and how did you bridge that? Okay, so actually, Migs, I've been a theater producer on off since I was in college or parang a supporter of theater. Ginagawa namin, my friends, because we wanted to keep watching theater and theater tickets, of course, were expensive. And our baon, our allowance would not be enough to pay for all of the shows. What we would do is we would pool our money, buy bulk tickets at a discount from producers, and then sell it to our friends at face value. So that's how I learned the ropes of, of theater. Um, I myself am not artistic. I do not act. I do not write. I do not direct. But certainly what I do well is I can sell and I can build things. So from there, we learned the business of how it was to sell tickets to audiences. But I realized in 2017, um, after um, a, a several years stint, um, I was expatriated to Singapore by my last corporate employer. And in 2017, my mom got sick. Um, and I decided to come home to help be with her. So while I was here and I was bored, sabi ko, wala pa innovation in ticketing. People still had to queue. People had to fall in line. They had to go to their favorite mall or bookstore, wait, I mean, commute or travel, wait, pay for a ticket, and then have to attend the event at another time, at another place, at another event. So parang feeling ko, that was all very um, inefficient. Not to mention that payment options were limited, there was no data and analytics. And then pagdating mo sa theater or sa venue, you still had that physical ticket na pupunitin. And then as an organizer or as a producer, bibilangin pa namin lahat ng stubs na yon. That would all be manually reconciled. It was all very inefficient and clunky. And those were the problems that we solved with and with Ticket to Me. Mm -hmm. Pero ngayon, Darwin, uh, of course, before COVID hit, and we would still have events, concerts, sports events that require those physical tickets. Do you think, like, Omari, for this type of um, arena, they still, uh, no, they, they still require that. Is it like something out of need? Is it something or out of, ito lang kasi existing? Or do you think that that was still necessary in terms of uh, the ticketing system? I think Just want to get your thoughts on that. Yes, I don't think it's necessary, but it's a question that always comes up, Migs, and it's good that you bring it up. Because um, for a very long time, even some of the clients namin were telling us, Darwin, kailangan pa rin ang physical ticket. And we would always say, well, nothing prevents you naman from printing the electronic ticket after you pay for it kasi it is automatically sent to your registered email address and nothing prevents you from paying. And then there was parang a small segment of our client base that would always say, pero kailangan pa rin eh. people want it, people want the souvenir we've never believed in that and in fact if you remember i'm not sure if you're old enough migs but um i re i saw the shift from paper airplane tickets airline tickets to right now ma, everything is electronic and people do not miss 
the physical printed. I remember kasi that, that when 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 I was very very young, the first airline ticket I saw, para siyang maliit na carbon paper na may parang red na instead of black carbon there was red behind it. Tapos nakadot matrix yung yung itinerary mo, para siyang maliit na checkbook. Those are gone. And I think especially now with COVID and the pandemic, anything that increases the risk of exposure of human contact, anything physical. Anything physical, if you can make it automated, contactless, contact-free, um, that would be the way of the future. And I think the pandemic only hastened that shift. Exactly. Any, ticket, any ticketing company that insists on paper tickets or that insists that you fall in line, na parang hindi pwede mong bilhin from the comfort of your home of your, or of your office, tapos gugustuhin na papipilahin ka pa rin. Those those dinosaurs are in the past. I do not. I don't think that will be the future. Actually, Darwin, you took the words right out of my mouth because the COVID uh, COVID pandemic, you know, compelled at least for the Filipinos, you know, for the Filipino market to shift to digital. Diba dati, diba dati no mga late 2019, late 2020, parang when are we going to adapt to what the other countries are doing? And we don't feel the need. Pero ngayon, eventually, lahat nag-online. Lahat nagpunta sa lahat na contactless. Diba? And how did, you, how did Ticket to Me quickly, you mentioned about the pivot of Ticket to Me to create these uh, content, to, uh, to be able to, you know, provide such solutions for yung mga nagpapa-online events, online concerts. Was that an easy shift for you guys, especially, you know, when you had to adjust? So, no, we have to move quickly. No. Um, actually, technologically, it was easy, but I think it was the, the, the mindset shift was the difficult thing for us. Because especially in the early days of the pandemic, we were all guessing, eh. Hindi natin alam ganong katagal. Diba? Parang there, in the very early days of the lockdowns, people were saying, oh, ilang buwan lang yan, and then things will be back to normal. Um, in fact, kami, um, we were hoping that, say, by third quarter or fourth quarter of this year, in the very early assumption, sana okay na. But prove, that would be, we would be proven wrong. Kaya buti na lang, very early on, we said, whatever happens and however long or however quick recovery takes, let's do this now. Mag-shift na tayo to online. So, so first part of my answer Technologically, mabilis namin ginawa. So the pivot, we've, we completed technologically in a month, a month or a month and a half. It was the mindset shift, not just by our own company, but by our clients. Actually, to this day, Migs, hanggang ngayon, marami pa rin kaming clients that are waiting in the wings. And that's why we started developing our own content so that um, we could show the way forward. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I know that I... You have a lot to share uh, when it turns of content. What I've learned actually with uh, this pandemic is, or with COVID, with everything, is that we're all starting anew. Diba? Lahat tayo, meron tayo mga sinimulan, whether food business bayan, whether business bayan online, is, natutunan ko to kay, ano eh, uh, Pinoy Liga founder Benny Benitez, and I also learned this from you, Darwin, the term of proof of concept. Diba? Bago yes. ka makamove forward, kailangan meron ka munang patunayan. Correct, and correct. Uh, you guys, Ticket to Me has shifted from online ticketing and uh, diversified into content creation also. Can correct. you just briefly talk about that? Talk about yes. that project and how you shifted to that kind of uh, kind of platform. Yes. So when, when we developed our video platform, so sabi na kasi namin, what we did with Ticket to Me is we wanted the ticketing system, so basically a paywall, 
to connect to any form of video content delivery platform. So, pero our clients were still very hesitant. Sabi nila, mag-work kaya yan? Will people buy tickets? Will people patronize entertainment in that form? So, ang ginawa namin in April, we made the call in April, May, we wanted to ride the boy love wave. So, boy love is a genre of LGBT content that started in Japan. Starring two boys, it's all it's almost always very light, you know, very easy to watch. And in fact, it helped many of my friends, myself included, during the darkest days of the lockdown because yeah. it was freely available on YouTube. Napapanood namin, and it was just really uh, kilig lang, magaan lang. And we said, you know what? We can do that. And because it can make people happy, we can develop the content, load it on the platform, and in the process, show content creators that there is a way to sustainably make money and keep creating content even during the pandemic. So that's why Boys Lockdown was born. All right. So from Boy Love, Ticket to Me has adapted Boys Lockdown, but we will talk about Boys Lockdown after this very short break. So Mix Bustos again with our guest, Darwin Mariano, the founder of A Ticket to Me. All right. So before the break, Darwin, you mentioned about content creation and the creation of Boys Lockdown, the Filipino adaptation inspired from that series. Pero bago ko muna tanongin yun kung what Boys Lockdown is, paano yung ano? Curious kasi ako personally, Darwin, on how you suddenly shifted to, to that. Kasi eventually it's production already. It's film. Mm-hmm. Right, so eventually you had to adapt. You had you had to get directors. You had to get writers. Yeah, had to yes, produce yes. a whole a whole thing. So how was that yes. like from your end? Uh, actually, um, uh, medyo um, sh- ano parang part of it was very new. So to be fair, kasi I've been a theater producer the last what maybe my last big production was in 2013. We adapted for the stage. Um, ang pagdadalaga ni Maximo Oliveros. We made it into Maxi the Musical. We worked with um, uh, uh, Peta for that. But so on and off, I would produce theatrical, so live entertainment pa rin. And I started in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I always had that hat on, pero never for film. Um, and so in terms of some of the aspects of production, so may naiintindihan ako, pero hindi namin alam yung film medium. It helped that the director of our um, series, so it's an original series, it's called Boys Lockdown. Um, the director is an award-winning director who happens to be a good, good friend of mine. His, his name is Jade Castro. He was the director of LSS The Movie, starring um, Khalil and Gabby, featuring the music of Ben and Ben. He's a director. He directed uh, Remington. Uh, Patayin uh, sa Shokot si Remington, yung Zombadings, the movie. Um, he did, and the, one of his earliest films was Endo um, for the Cinemalaya, which I absolutely loved. So when we decided to produce this series, sabi ko, Jade, gawa ng BL. So that's the name pa, kasi of the genre. So gawa ng BL, just really to be able to, to make people happy. And so 
it's worked. I mean, and we're very happy with with the result now. Mm -hmm. All right. So yun nga, no? uh, boys up down. Can you talk briefly about it? But I want to focus Darwin on how you rode the wave, okay. on how timing was a key factor in how. Kumbaga, yung creation ito is uh, very suited for the online audience on yes. how the metrics, how you study the metrics, and how it is also translated to, you know, to pitching for advertisers, etc. Correct, correct. So, um, so what happened was in the, I think in the very early days of the lockdown, people were desperate for content. Of course, um, uh, what was happening alongside that was. Um, we were getting, so nagkaroon pa, ng nagkaroon pa ng dramatic changes. Of course, um, nakita mo yung dramatic changes in the Philippine media landscape because of what happened to ABS-CBN. Um, nagkakaroon, nagkaroon ng, I think, gap in how people, or maybe shift, I don't know how you want to describe it, in the way people were consuming entertainment. Dahil kasi yeah. nakakulong sa tao, nakakulong sa kwarto yung mga tao, nakakulong sa bahay, what what was usually less time spent on platforms like YouTube or Facebook or Netflix or whatever, dumami bigla. And for example, for me, I was discovering new stuff to watch on YouTube. Whereas pre-pandemic, I would only watch YouTube for short clips. I would watch it for tutorial videos. Gusto kong matuto paano pagganahin yung, yung bago kong gadget tapos tanatamad akong basahin yung manual. That's usually the use case of YouTube for, for me. Or you were trying to get a tutorial for a game. Pero with the pandemic, ang dami nanonood bigla, even entertainment on YouTube. And one of the forms was BL. And there's a lot of BL content coming from Thailand. During this time, there was a, a super BL hit called Together, the series. So, actually, world actually, personally, I didn't know that it came from Japan. Yes. Because Thailand made it such a hit. Correct, right? correct. There's People a would think that it came from there. And malakas yes. din LGBT content ng Thailand. Yes. Right? So I think actually, they were one of, ano sila, nauna sila eh. Thai were yes. just riding that way. Go ahead, Darwin. They have yeah. a huge industry built yeah. around BL. And in yes. fact, in, for many of their big conglomerates na entertainment, many of their young male actors would often be put in BL shows as a way to introduce them and as a way to build a fan base. Because, um, for example, in Thailand and in Japan, baliktad yung demographics. Majority of the fan base are female, minority ang male. In the Philippines, that would reverse itself. So we actually have data even on our own show, and it is being confirmed by even our other peers that have produced shows themselves. So, so yun, so when we, so we discovered together, nakakatawa lang siya eh, magaan, nakakakilig. And it was such a new format because um, growing up, for example, if you were a, a gay man or a, diba, a, 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 young, a gay boy, um, you would never have stories about you depicted in mainstream media or even in yes. any form of media. Yeah. Um, but these kinds of stories are very lighthearted. They're, they're, they're romantic comedies to a point. I mean, some of them or many of them are written as light romance stories or romantic comedies. But the only difference is that they would star two boys instead of a typical boy and girl. And that was very new. So when, when people started to see that, this is a new format. So even, even straight audiences began to appreciate the novelty and I guess the, 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 the new storytelling that was happening. So we rode that wave and we said that, um, so we made the announcement sometime May, 
but we were going to produce it. Shortly after we announced, or more or less around, around the same time that we announced, some of the more aggressive, yung mga, mga established production companies, started coming out with their own BL shows. So for example, the, the, the BL show that opened the doors, I think, for many of us in the Filipino BL sector or industry was Game Boys. So um, starring um, Elijah, um, uh, Elijah and Kohoy. Um, and then shortly there, produced by Idea First. And then very shortly thereafter, um, ABS-CBN through Black Sheep launched um, Hello Stranger with um, uh, uh, Tony Labrusca and, and JC Alcantara. So these early players helped open doors for many of us that would come after. Kami kasi, we had just announced in March and in May, sila ready na to air in, in May or June, and then they were already airing. Kami, we would eventually air in October, September, October, if I'm not mistaken. Specifically for voice lockdown, how did your numbers? Uh, currently, 6 million views, 50 plus million watch hours. Uh, you were mentioning it to me earlier before we went yes. on air. How does yep. that translate? How does this proof of concept translate to more projects, to more, okay. to better, para pang pitch mga advertisers moving forward? Yeah, actually, so yon. So it's it's and, and and thank you for giving me this chance to to describe how it's done so far. So yung season one ng Boys Lockdown, as of December 10, the last time we checked the analytics, has reached six million views. We have five hundred sixty-five thousand watch hours, almost. 50 million impressions. So, um, and, and interestingly, um, as I was telling you, um, the market namin is 73% under 34 years old. So it's a very, very young market. How many percent, almost, How many percent more or less? 73.8. So almost are under 34 years old. Tapos, um, uh, and then the interesting split is I was telling you that in sorry about the the noise I don't know where that's coming from. That's <laughs> fine. That's um, fine. Um, Seventy percent male, thirty percent female, which I think in Japan and in Thailand it's the reverse. Majority would be um, uh, female, and then uh, minority would be male. In the Philippines, this seems to be the the the, the trend. A majority of our audiences are male, and then um, um, minority are female. Mm -hmm. All right. So, okay. So, two questions. All right. So, as we, kumbaga, ano kayo, Darwin, trailblazers kayo, di ba? And then, of course, also for the other production houses or content creators, trailblazers of this kind, di ba? Pero why do you think only now? Kinailangan bang magkaroon muna ng... <laughs> pro, na ano, ng uh, standard, ng prototype, like for Japan and Thailand? And then how are Filipinos, how is the Filipino market accepting this type of genre now? Okay. Actually, so two things I think, if you ask me, Migs, no? One is the pandemic. I don't think we would have been as, I mean, the audiences as a whole would have been open to exploring new forms of content, new genres of online content. Had they had... Kumbaga, parang dati pa rin, na you had little time at home, you were still, you were spending a lot of time in traffic, going to and from the office or school, di ba? So, konti yung oras. What um, the pandemic and what the lockdowns created is it gave us time. So, several hours a day perhaps na ibalik sa atin. And those several hours, people started to explore new things. So, I think that's one reason. The other reason is I think uh, the generations have changed. 
So in my nung panahon ko, of course, the, the, the country and the world would not have been as tolerant, would not have been as accepting. But these days, the kids, what was an issue for older folk before is no longer an issue for, for the young. And I think those two things, um, the, the, the pandemic, keeping people at home, and then the, the changing values, the changing parang, um, parang kasi ngayon, I see my nephews, I see our young actors. Sa kanila, they grow up where labels are no longer, alam mo yun, parang it's, it's love. Love is love. You are free to love who you want to love. You are free to choose who you want to be with. Um, the gender or the, the, the person, I mean, everything else, those are just labels and they're less important to us. So I think those are the two reasons. Darwin, curious ako, was there any backlash? At least you can I, tell us a whole for, 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 for this genre. Yes. I think surprisingly, um, because it's online and because I, I, I would see, I think I would see some comments online. Pero by and large, because the content, the format and the platform is really catered to the young, hindi ganun kalaki yung backlash. In fact, our actors would often get asked when they were doing their, their promo interviews, um, how easy was it for you to accept a role like yeah. this? Like, kasi yun nga, it's, it's starring uh, two boys, eh, two boys that yeah. would fall in love. Um, and I would always be, be surprised. Like, kasi my actors, even though they, they do come from um, uh, conservative backgrounds, it's not really, ano, they would say na parang, um, uh, they would say na parang in the beginning, they were a little worried but they were actually surprised at the amount of support that their own families would extend to the show because, and I think it's also because of um, the way normalized. it's said. Normalized, normalized. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and I think you know, it's it's an important because there's also so much. Dahil ang dame, it's become a wave. Actually, ngayon in the BL community, we're calling. Um, we were part of what was the second wave of BL, Filipino BL content. The Philippines is now on its third BL wave. So there's a third wave of content. So we don't know how many more waves will come. Pero yun yung, I think, the fact that there's so much content now being created really helps build a, not just an audience, but a parang a cultural momentum behind it that allows us, you know, for example, we hope that it gets passed, um, uh, the SOGI, uh, the SOGI uh, bill. Um, no. The Senate just approved it. I do not know what the latest is in the House. I haven't checked. But um, these things don't occur in a vacuum. So the fact that there are conversations around anti-discrimination, around greater respect, a greater acceptance. Tapos you have content like BL sort of um, helping change yeah. people's perceptions or or just really being able to, to show people that I mean, these are just People falling in love. These are young people falling in love, and and I think those those all contribute to that kind of a changing dynamic, a changing mindset. All right, so I'm getting the ticket to Mino from a uh, simple when it started a simple a ticketing platform, it evolved to a TV VOD or like a television on demand, and now it has a <laughs> it's it's a proof of concept with voice lockdown. And of course, looking forward to more projects for Ticket to Me. Now let's go back Darby, to Ticket to Me, given that the pandemic won't end given that vaccines the vaccine it will take time for live events to come back it will take time for movies for cinemas the cinema industry to come back 
in its own original form. How will Take It To Me take advantage of this? How does Take It To Me see the future when it comes to these types of events? Okay, so I think um, even with the vaccine and even when it is again safe for people to gather in large groups, the fact that people have now started to consume content online, that will remain a component of the way people watch online, whether it is a movie, a play, a series, um, attending a conference, attending a seminar. So I think what, what the future holds for platforms like Ticket to Me is our versatility. We were born the time before online was as needed, right? before you needed to have online content platforms or before you needed it in the way that we, you have it now. So I think for us, what we what we will continue to do is continue to be um, nimble, right? We need to be agile. The company needs to be able to stay ahead. So when the when the theaters reopen, when the concert venues reopen, of course we can ticket for that. That's easy now for us to do. But the beauty is, even if it takes longer, people who want to create content online can monetize it, can make money from their craft can continue to earn a livelihood from the films that they make, the documentaries they produce, by loading it on platforms like Ticket to Me and be able to get cash, ticketed volume right away. Because before platforms like Ticket to Me, ang hirap mag-monetize ng content needs. You would either have to wait for a network to buy it, to fund it, or ila-license mo to Netflix or to any of these video, um, these OTT platforms, or, or Ikaw mismo yung maghahanap ng advertisers, maghahanap ng co-producers, ng sponsors. Right now, assuming you get your numbers right and you get your marketing right, you don't need to do that. You can compute on the basis of ticketed income and then work backwards. Doon mo po pwede. And then you can sustainably produce content. Galing, galing. So ngayon nga talaga nagbago yung behavior in the, the digital transformation really compelled people to shift their minds and shift their strategies online. Ang galing. So, so many questions. Uh, for me, so many curiosities pa rin. And uh, I hope that uh, Ticket to Me can be, you know, one of the inspiration para sa mga content creators. And also for uh, online platforms, online events, uh, to be able to mount their events online and, and of course, sustain it. Behavior, Darwin. Behavior of the audience. Um, where are we now? Where are we going to be in 2021? Okay. Ano ba? So I, people are willing to pay. People will still be willing to pay even if online. When it, terms to, when it comes to the satisfaction and to the experience of the audience. Yes. I think it's a good question on the audience. We just completed the Philippines' first virtual reality concert. It was sold out. It starred Alden Richards. Um and the ticket prices were actually the most expensive we've ever sold. Um, the most expensive ticket category was at 1,200. The second tier, the general admission tier was 999 or almost 1,000 pesos. Uh, and this was VR. So um, you could either watch it with a VR device, you could purchase the VR device together with a ticket or if you had your own, or if you did not have the VR device, you would watch the concert in 360 by manipulating your screen, either by a mouse or your touchscreen. Sobra kaming nagulat na nag-sold out. And these are not just the most expensive um, online event tickets that I've seen in the Philippines. This is also the first VR 360 concert. So imagine the hurdle. 
not only was there a price hurdle, there was also a technological hurdle to consuming yeah. the content. Like, say, hindi lahat marunong mag-explore ng VR. And yet, it was so successful. I think the audience is ready. The audience, of course, it will not be without friction. Magkakaroon pa rin ng tanong and our customer service lines, our emails, our social media accounts, they were burning through the nights that we were actually helping them watch that concert. But I think we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Um, the moment the Filipino content creators become more comfortable with this new normal, diba? these new forms of presenting content, I think there's so much that we will still see na parang mas appropriate for online. Of course, I don't think live will ever vanish. There will always be a place for live events, live concerts, theater. There's an energy and there's a magic that's there. But I think once people get more used to it and the, the early pioneers like us or like Alden sort of show the way forward na parang, hey, you can really, really be given high-quality content, entertaining content na hindi pumapangit um, yung experience simply because it's online. Once more and more people get to see that, then the the numbers will improve the economy around it will 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 work more seamlessly and we will see more and more options for the filipino audience it will just be a matter of time now you guys have started it uh, many industries were also started and lang natin mag-normalize and of course uh, people will be accepting you mentioned that there there's friction talaga at the start at the same yes. time when we get it running when we normalize everything then this can be of course the new way the new way of consuming content as we are in the new normal. Saying hello to Carlo Tinkunko and Carlo Miguel Francia. Lastly, uh, Darwin, as a parting shot, if uh, for anyone, 1, 10, 20 people are watching this who are inspired and who, you know, had ideas with, take it to me. How can they contact you? How can they avail okay. your services? Okay, so um, so again, uh, Migs um, and uh, Kickstart Brood Awakening, thank you for having us. If you want us to help you with your live events, your live conferences, webinars, um, films, short films, documentaries, digital series that you want to monetize online, please email us at ask at tickettome.net or you can visit our um, Twitter account at uh, tickettome.net. You can go to our Facebook page um, at tickettome. We have Instagram as well, um, uh, and you, we will be more than happy to help you. We actually share a lot of what we've learned by having, by being the only one to successfully operate through the pandemic, and we share all of that data and uh, that learning with our customers. So help us help you. Um, it's difficult, yes, but there are effective ways to keep creating content sustainably during this time, and Ticket to Me is one of the best partners for that. So once again, ask at ticket number two, me.net for your event needs and all your content creation needs. So once again, Darwin Mariano, the founder and CEO of Ticket to Me. So Brewsters, the kettle has whistled. We'd like to thank the Project Ripple team for supporting Brood Awakening. Good morning po everyone. Happy Monday and happy week ahead. I'm Mix Bustos. We'll see you again next Monday, same time for another Brood Awakening webisode.